When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Score North knows it's been a long winter. Time to dream about the warm weather ahead at the 2023 Choice Bank Minnesota Golf Show. Returning to the Minneapolis Convention Center February 24th through the 26th. For a very limited time, you can get tickets for half price. Visit scorenorth.com right now and use the keyword golfer to save 50% on admission. Your admission ticket also gets you 14 rounds of free golf. Visit scorenorth.com keyword golfer to get this limited deal. See you at the show. Purple Daily, presented by Surly Brewing Company. Yes, and welcome to another episode of As the Coordinator Drama Turns here on Purple Daily. Daily Vikings Entertainment, where we just want the Vikings to win a Super Bowl before we die. Maybe uh, we just want them to hire a defensive coordinator <laughs> who knows what they're doing before we die. The show is presented started. by our friends at TCL. TCL now an official partner of the NFL, by the way. They have award-winning TVs for any budget, any space, all with stunning picture quality. And TCL makes more than just TVs. They offer mobile products, audio devices, home appliances. TCL brings you joy and simplicity through innovative technology and uh surly brings you positive things in life as well yeah you know what it might be difficult for people to, to commit to a job here coordinating the vikings defense but what's not difficult is the choice of surly beer and the great thing about it is the amount of choices the variety from uh from furious to before i die to logic bomb i could go on and on but you know what they're all solid choices because surly as always is the best choice in town, Surly Brewing, a, a sponsor of ours who we appreciate much and also the best-tasting beer that you can have. Amen, yes. Uh, all right, so this show is being put together by some some duct tape and boxes. Literally. Quite literally. That mm-hmm. is my current uh, home studio as we prepare our move back to Minneapolis later this week. My, uh, I have, this is, this actually, this is not going to end well. I have three computers, I have a processor and a microphone all on two cardboard boxes right now. So mm. if if things go haywire here, uh you'll you'll know why. We'll take it and run. Okay. We'll take it and run and be as positive as possible and we won't bash Kirk because that's what you like to do. Mac, he's just gonna be that. in Maya's dog crate by the end of the week, just basically with Maya right next to her doing doing shows, I think, at this rate. Well, she doesn't even have a dog crate because she's so well behaved, uh, which we'll talk about later in the show. <laughs> a dog crate, a dog crate would would be a great place. Why to, are to start? Uh, yes, a dog crate that also fits humans. Okay, Judd, give us an update on where we stand since the last time we convened defensive coordinator uh, Vikings, because it looks like they're down to two candidates, maybe one. Okay, so yeah, this is not going well. 
This is not going well because on Friday we found out that uh, Sean Desai, who has now become a target of the Broncos, told the Vikings thanks, but no thanks, I'm out. So he he got out of the running for a job in which he hadn't been given the job but was still considered to be a candidate. So that was strike one, but it was offset by the fact that former Broncos coordinator Ijiro Averro was um, now looking like he was not going to be Sean Payton's guy in Denver. What made this interesting was, on Friday at least, Sean Payton hadn't given Ivero permission to get out of his contract to talk to other teams. That came on Saturday, leading us all to think, I think, that uh, Ivero, who's friends with Quazy and Kevin O'Connell, was going to get the Vikings job or had a very good chance. Well, strike two came on Sunday when we found out that Ivero got paid by the Carolina Panthers so while still a finalist, and I guess he had he had been told, at least by the Cardinals, that he was out of the running for their head coaching job, Ivero took the Panthers' job, uh, one, because it sounds like he got paid, and two, because the Panthers, again, actually have a bunch of young talent on defense that's considered good. So yeah. Ivero, who was a hot name, was gone. So the candidates who are left now are Brian Flores, who is going to talk to the Arizona Cardinals still about their head coaching job, but hold, but wait for it. The Broncos are interested in him too. So as, as their DC, yeah. as yeah. their DC. So if he doesn't get the Cardinals job, it sounds like he could very well have a sit down with Sean Payton. Um, and nothing has happened with the Vikings yet on that front. So if that's as murky as it appears, and it does look like, according to Jeremy Fowler, ESPN, that, um, that Flores is one of the three or four finalists for the Cardinals head coaching job. If it doesn't look bad enough there, that leaves you with assuming Flores is still maybe a candidate, but it's not a slam dunk. Mike Patton, who is the Vikings assistant oh, head coach as the likely DC, unless, and we, we can certainly delve into this. There is another list of names coming or a few more names some candidates who might emerge now if the Vikings say, you know what, hiring Mike Patton's probably not the answer here. And so um, I think the beginning starting point is this. I think it's pretty simple. This job, I mean, we knew it wasn't super attractive, but I mean, it's still a coordinator job in the National Football League. Yeah. But for emerging candidates who want to be in the mix at least a year from now as head coaching candidates, this job is one that a lot of people are taking a hard pass on because the personnel is not good and we don't know what they're asking them to do if they're asking them to bring guys back. And so there are a lot of things that go beyond Ed Donatel had a bad year, which, by the way, I still believe he did. But there's a lot of things that go beyond that. And I think a lot of guys are saying this isn't as fixable as you think, especially if you want to continue to be really, really good while I'm trying to put together this stew with ingredients that are less than ideal. Well, let's start with the Petten thing. So they're they're unless they open up for more candidates, which I think would be if 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 they saw someone in the Super Bowl that they wanted to talk to, okay, I could see that door opening and it being okay. But correct me if I'm wrong, you could have those Zoom conversations before, right? Didn't they change that? Where you don't have to, you can have preliminary conversations with coaches still alive in the playoffs, earlier in the playoffs, because there were Cowboys coaches that were have. having, like Dan Quinn was interviewing for jobs, yeah. yes. preparing for San Francisco, right? So, if, so I guess yeah. my my question is, if there was somebody on the Chiefs or the Eagles 
a position coach on defense that they liked enough to be a coordinator, wouldn't they have already struck that conversation? Um, unless they are, unless they, they clearly thought that they were going to get Ivero or the Flores thing or Desai. Right. And now they're literally going back to the drawing board. So like, Which is I, what they would be doing. Yes. That's, so, that's what I'm asking. Okay. If they open up for new candidates, gotcha. it would be back to the drawing board, right? Correct. Yes. This okay. is in no yes. This is in no way. This is break glass in case of emergency stuff. <laughs> so this is in no way Well it's it's not quite yet, but it it could be well, soon. If they go back what I'm saying is if they now reach out to a member of the Eagles coaching staff, that was never the original part of the plan. Right. So okay, on Mike Patton. I mean, I think most Vikings fans have voiced concerns, just the feedback that we've seen over the last few days. But I think my two biggest problems there are his best work as a defensive coordinator. And he and he has 10 years of coordinating and head coaching experience. That his best years were like 2009-10 under Rex Ryan as the defensive mastermind in in New York. Not that he doesn't deserve credit. I mean, we gave Kevin O'Connell credit for working under Sean McVay. Just because your boss is known for the thing that you also do doesn't mean that you deserve zero credit. But, I mean, he really, since those first two years with Rex Ryan in 2009-10, Mike Pettin has coached or coordinated more bottom 10 defenses than top 10 defenses. And he was in the room while they were trying to fix this thing last year, and they couldn't get it fixed. In fairness to Mike Pettin, he might argue, and Donatel probably would argue this too, give me some younger, faster personnel that fits my scheme and watch this thing be more competent. But I don't think the Vikings are like one off season away from just flipping the personnel around. This is kind of a build it from the ground up situation defensively, which leads me to my next question, which is if you knew this was a build it from the ground situation, the cupboards are kind of bare. You're going to say goodbye to some 30 plus year old veteran players. You don't have like a stockpile of great draft picks that are ready to step in then why are you banking your entire search on guys who are looking for head coaching jobs? Like if you're, if you're, let's start with Flores. If you're Flores and you, and you whiff on a head coaching job, you're going to be back in the mix next year and the year after, right? Like he's going to get a head coaching job at some point. Does he really want to spend his time with a giant shrug emoji of personnel with this Vikings defense? He'd be better off with the Broncos as a coordinator. And I submit Mike, Tomlin just sort of running the show in Pittsburgh and you working underneath Mike Tomlin probably gives you a better shot in a head coaching search like it has this year for him. So I'm just, I'm, I mean, Flores might take the job and okay, cool. He wants to take on a, a, a rebuilding situation on defense, but I feel like they drastically misread the situation hunting for guys that are in the mix for head coaching jobs and, and then expecting them to take on a full rebuild on defense. That's, that's my concern. I don't think they understood how bad it is, or at least how bad it looks like from an outside perception, this defense. And and here's the thing we don't know. So they sat down with Flores so far, or or Zoomed, with Flores, with Desai, with with Nielsen, who took the Falcons job, and Pettin. And so three of the four outsiders, they didn't even get Ivero in the building. So, like, they expected to this week. They expected to to sit down with him at some point this week. And he took the Carolina job. I don't know sight unseen or not. But he took that job on Sunday. And I think there's a couple of things here that are 
that I'd love to, to know as well. Number one, what are they telling candidates as far as are like are they are candidates looking at Quasi's first draft and and also Rick's drafts and saying this thing's so bad it really can't be fixed quickly and so it's going to take some time and are candidates trying to explain that and the Vikings are like whoa 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 we were we won thirteen games what are you talking about this was all Ed's fault and again I'm not. I'm not absolving Ed. I, I think Ed had a bad year, okay? So yeah. I'm not now saying, oh, Ed had a great, you know, Ed, Ed it was impossible. Um, but our candidates now uh, basically trying to tell the Vikings, hey, you're telling me one thing. I've been doing this a long time. I'm looking at film, and I can clearly see something else. Are the Vikings talking about, you know, we expect to win 13 games again? Are they talking about bringing guys back? Like, this is, this why are people running for the exits? Why why would Ivero unless they just aren't going to pay them? And and that is never that has never been a wilf problem. So like they're well I I get Spielman. They're paying a lot of money to guys who aren't Zimmer's working. Being, right, <laughs> right, right. But I'm saying previously this has not been a problem. But you know, if Fangio indeed, as a report went, I think got four and a half million per, which is just unbelievable. That's amazing. Probably more than some head coaches get. And Ivero, I hear, got paid by the Panthers big. So that probably plays a role too. But I would love to know what the Vikings are saying as far as, okay, here's what you're going to have to work with. Here's what we're going to do. We will listen to you. Um, because it certainly seems like there's, there's more here for a franchise that appears to be on stable ground. So, like, if this was the old Red McCombs Ticey days, I'd be like, of course no one wants the job. One, they're cheap, and two, they sort of don't know what they're doing. But I find it very intriguing that a, a franchise that seems to know what it's doing for the most part and seems yeah. to be very well run and I think respected, as far as I can tell, unless I'm totally wrong, um, that it is this big of dilemma and this big of problem and you, again, you have people running for the exits now as far as I want no part of that. That, to me, speaks of problems that probably go uh, to things that, that we have to speculate about because they're clearly not out there. Well, what happened with Averro? That's what I want to know. So they, the Vikings essentially halted their search. So they, they talked to four candidates, including Pettin, and then And then, you know, nothing happened for like a week. And then some reports came out over the weekend that, yeah, the Ivero is actually the top target for the Vikings, and they're just waiting for Sean Payton and the Broncos to grant them permission to interview him. So I get that you can't tamper, so maybe they didn't back-channel much to Ivero, but like they halted their search for a week because they wanted Ivero as their number one candidate, and Ivero rejected them without an interview, right? I mean, he didn't right. even... He never even like sat down for an interview. He just said... I'm going to go work for Frank Reich. Well, but my guess is that they did tamper. So my my guess is that they, because um, O'Connell and Quazy are friends with, with Ivero, my guess is that there were back-channel discussions and Ivero didn't like what he heard. That's my guess. But when, but why would, but if, if that was the vibe that you got during that week, why would you not just move forward with, I guess part of the reason you can't move forward is because you're hung up waiting for Mike, uh, well, or for, uh, for Brian Flores to... You know, finish his head coaching yeah. process, which and now he, won't continue until Wednesday this week. So, this and Ivero might not have told them. Like he, like they, they might have laid out some parameters and said, "We'll we'll zoom on Monday or Tuesday and come back to all of, of the, these things." Assuming that that uh, that discussion was going to take place, right? Yeah. And then the Panthers came in, 
probably did the same thing. I mean, my guess is everyone tampers here now, right? It makes no and sense. A, and Avero, Avero would be smart to keep the – even if he knew he was never going to take the Vikings job, to at least keep the Vikings lukewarm so that he could leverage for more money with the Panthers, right? Ivero so also had the advantage of – I believe he did go through the interview process for the Panthers head coaching job before Frank Reich got did. that job. So he had yeah. done a lot, a deep dive on the personnel there too. Like, I do think this comes down to personnel. I think this comes down to the fact the Vikings personnel is aging out or just flat out not that talented. Um, and But that's why I'm curious about, like, part of it has to be, hey, hey, we are going to, you know, Eric Hendricks and Jordan Hicks's and those guys are gone. But perhaps guys are, are saying, okay, that's great. Who replaces them now, too? Like, you drafted Lewis Seen. He didn't yeah. even play. So, like, there's a lot of things here that I think are probably weighing more on the candidates' minds than than we thought. And we knew it would be important, but it has people now saying, you know, that might be a great place to work. It might be a good job on the surface, but your talent is so limited. I don't want that type of chore. I think they have honestly just drastically messed up this search. I think from the interviews that they wanted to conduct, the questions and the and the theories that they're asking these candidates, um, the people that they've targeted, I think it's safe to say at this point, and they could still find their right guy, like they haven't rushed it any, by any means, but it's been about, what, now three weeks coming up by, by the weekend here, and we're still at kind of square one. And to me, from an outsider, and because we've all even been in situations where people are trying to find the right job, and, and maybe you're interviewing for a job that you don't like either, but... I personally think that they have messed up this search up to this point. They can still fix it, but I think it's been very murky, and I do think that they have been worth criticism with how they've conducted this so far. Well, let me pull the room here. If they, in the end, let's say, so the Cardinals have, it sounds like, three finalists for the head coaching job. And by the way, Brian Flores is, in terms of experience and resume, probably number one. And we'll and we'll see how it plays out. But if the Cardinals don't hire him as a head coach, and he decides, okay, I'll take I'll take this project on, over Denver or over staying with Pittsburgh. If Brian Flores became the Vikings defensive coordinator, however they got there, would you guys be happy with that? Yeah. Yeah. I would be. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. I just, I think we have to now take in, into account that they are being rejected or passed over by candidates of, of Flores's um, same pedigree. And so like, that's why I think that there's very fairly skepticism now. And Phil, I sort of agree with you. If everyone else has been like hard pass, thanks. But uh, guess what? No, um, there is a chance because I floors, in my opinion, he's been a head coach. He's very well respected. He's not old. He's not um, old, but he's certainly a veteran coach. I think you're spot on. I think he, he might ultimately say, you know what? I like Mike T. I don't need to be a coordinator. It's not like he's 32, He's getting head right? coaching run without right. a coordinator. Like it's- and he got a job, and he got fired, and it was sort of weird. I'm not saying he was perfect, but the point is, like, this is not a guy who, who you look at, at the resume and say, no coordinator, Brian, sorry, right? You don't say that. Yeah. So I think he might just say, yeah, you know, the Vikings look like a failure set to happen defensively. The Steelers' job is a good job. They're well-respected as well. So that's why I think that there is now legitimate skepticism 
if if Brian Flores like has I could go back to Pittsburgh or get the Vikings job, I think he might say, you know what, I'm going back to Pittsburgh. Yeah. Well, let's let's real quick here. Let's go through since we're we're obviously like kind of knocking on the personnel door here, anyways, right? What do they have? Let's open the cupboards up. If I'm Flores, if I'm any That's of these the candidates. Prop. That's the Let's problem, open Phil. the cover and see They're what's bare. in there. We've <laughs> so, got nothing. So of the of the twelve starters, and I say twelve starters because I'm I'm including the nickel cornerback as a. So you got your base three yep. four, but then if you so of the, of the twelve starting positions on defense, four of them are just straight up unrestricted free agents out of the gate. Uh, Duke Shelley. Patrick Peterson, Chandon Sullivan. So all three of your cornerbacks that we're starting at the end of the year are free agents. Dalvin Tomlinson's a free agent. Jordan Hicks, I would say, is likely to become a free agent. <laughs> Eric Kendricks, I would say, is likely to become a free agent or traded in some form. Those contracts are just, they, they have to be redone. And it, it benefits the Vikings greatly to just say goodbye to those players. So that is, again, of the 12 that's six that are likely to become free agents or just aren't productive enough to warrant being on your team. Zadarius Smith, he's under contract, but you can save a lot of cap space and get younger by saying goodbye to him or by maybe maybe you can find a trade partner for him. So that's seven. And then who knows what happens with Daniil Hunter in his contract situation, but that's a thing. If I'm a defensive coordinator, like Declan said, like, you're interviewing them just as much as they're interviewing you. What's one of the first questions you have as you're surveying the cupboards that are largely bare? Okay, so half those guys are gone. Okay, Harrison Smith. Okay, all right. He's like 34, but okay, okay. He's pretty good still. What about uh, Daniil Hunter? And you're like, well, yeah, we love Daniil, but we're going to get into like the third straight off season of contract negotiations with him. I don't know that he loves playing in the scheme that he was in last year. He was fairly productive, right? But there's not many sure things to hinge your job on as a defensive coordinator. You kind of have to trust, well, just Asamoah is going to be fine if you plug him in, and Lewis Seen's coming back from this gruesome leg injury, and, boy, we really like Cam Dantzler to bounce back from kind of a mess season. And, boy, if this Andrew Booth Jr. can stay on the field, you're going to love what he brings to the table too. So there's a lot of optimism and hope from the Vikings' perspective with some of these young players, but... If it comes to, especially these guys, like we said, to bring it back, that are hunting for head coaching jobs at some point, getting interviews right now, are they really going to want this smoke from a roster's perspective? Or would they rather just go like go take the Panthers' job, go take the Broncos' job? So how do you guys feel about what's what's left in the cupboards here? I agree with the guys that, that don't want this job. Like, I didn't, I guess I didn't realize it, it would be this difficult to find a person. So I didn't, I didn't expect this. But... Yeah, it's a huge problem. And here's the other problem, too, that takes some simple math to deduct. How are you going to fix it? Because you've got, what, right now, four draft picks? So, okay, are we going to draft all defense? Are you, which clearly you're not, um, you know, are you going to get more picks, but are you going to have to do that by trading back and, and potentially accumulating more picks but taking a worse player? This is why, look, this is among the reasons why I'm not for, unless you're really good at what you do, and this is difficult, I'm not huge on trading back continually in drafts because guess what? This sell, I don't know that it becomes 100% easier, but it becomes simpler if you have 
Kyle Hamilton at safety, for instance. Yeah. Well, you know, we now, took but a, now that you can make a case now that they need the depth of picks, right? You could, you, well, right. But I'm saying picks so nine picks right. now. But I'm asking you. So so you are the candidate and I'm crazy and you're asking me about this. I got four draft picks. So what am I going to do with that? Like like you're going to be like, oh, OK. Right now, there's a dearth of talent or or if it is talented, it's aged out, basically. Yeah. And the Calvary's not coming. Well, Quasi would try and yeah, Quasi would try and sell you on hope, right? He would try and sell you on Lewis Seen, Andrew Booth, the first two picks from last year's draft, Brian Asamoah. He would say we've got, you know, even like Josh Metellus from what three drafts ago, great special teams player that we've got youth, we've got speed, we've got upside. We're just trying to get back from injuries here. A Caleb Evans, we love him on the outside, but it's all kind of a theory, and it just kind of again put yourself in. Brian Flores' shoes. And maybe we're doing an episode in 72 hours from now, or Brian Flores is the defensive <laughs> coordinator of the Minnesota Vikings. But I, I think fans should prepare themselves for Mike Pettin to take over as defensive coordinator and just kind of cross your fingers that a younger, faster, different set of personnel can maybe go from 31st in yardage defense up to 22nd, and your offense can take a step forward. I mean, that's the hope at this point. Yep, and I'm, I'm not convinced that Flores won't get the uh... – the cards job. He, he is a, based on the list that they put out. Yeah. I think he's the. He favorite. probably should get that job. Yeah, he's an attractive. Like he, he certainly had some things that that he would have to sell the Cardinals um, executives on that he learned from his time with the Dolphins. But he's a you know potentially attractive guy to make your head coach. So like that that's the thing is I don't even know that he's going to get the opportunity to turn down the Vikings because I think that. And look, you know what, too? So so let's say he doesn't get the Cardinals job, all right? So now he goes and talks to Sean Payton about the Broncos job. If I'm offered the Broncos job, this is the biggest no-brainer of all time. I know. I'm, it, like, it like look is. at that. Like, that's a good defense. That is a easy bake. It's in the oven. You take it out. You're like, look at my defense. Yeah. The Vikings is a work. It's a work in progress. It's a rebuild. And, and now the only question then is, let's say that all, all of those things happen. Does Desai come crawling back here? I would doubt it at this point. So what's, yeah, what's, what's he up for at this point? Denver. Denver. and he said, he said, thanks, but no thanks to the Vikings. He said, I want to focus on trying to get the Broncos job. So he's still employed by the Seahawks and could easily just go back to his yeah. sort of. Yeah, yeah. true. But that's the thing. Like some of these guys might decide, yeah, I'd rather just kind of sit under Pete Carroll and ride this wave that we're this thing that we're building in Seattle, the young defenders that we that we hit on. And, you know, Seattle's got a good young nucleus and they've you can kind of see a path forward. They they, they got to figure out if Geno Smith's their quarterback. But, you know, it's not it's not a no brainer. Just, well, he's not a coordinator right now. So therefore, like some Correct. of these guys are thinking strategically about, OK, if I become a coordinator of a bear coverage defense, am I going to you know, shoot a hole in my career for the next five years. And yeah, you, you'd be better off to go into 2000, into 2024 season as a hot coordinator candidate that then fail as a coordinator and be a non-head coaching candidate. Yeah. Well, remember on the, on the, like the next level up, D'Amico Ryans was a hot head coaching candidate a year ago. And he said, I just, we got something great going here. Like there's, like the downside of me staying is really non-existing because we're going to have a good defense. 
And he winds up, boom, getting a bunch of interest and getting a job the next year anyway by just staying in his current role. And the same applies for some position coaches that are hot coordinator candidates. I've got so we'll two see. more names as well. I've got oh, two more wow. names that could be in the... Wow. And those two names presented by our friends at Athletic Greens AG1. As a longtime user myself of Athletic Greens, I can tell you an AG1 is a game changer. They're constantly they're constantly upgrading and updating their formulas here. Um, and with one scoop here with AG1 mixed with my water in the morning, I'm covered for the day with 75 high-quality ingredients that give me important daily nutrients you know, you're, tr- you're trying your best with food to get your nutrients, but this is a great sort of, you know, I'll say CYA, uh, start your day with the nutrients that you need to lift brain fog, to heighten your energy levels, to help with your gut health. For me, it supports my immune system and my gut health. I'm dialed in and ready to rock. Uh, a bunch of you have already reached out via direct message on social media or email saying, awesome, I'm going to give AG1 a try. So if you'd like to, as a Purple Daily listener, and you can help us a lot here as we look to build our company and our brand by just giving them a try. Uh, it's a comprehensive solution. And if that's what you're looking for from your supplement routine, Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase, Purple Daily listeners. Athleticgreens.com slash Purple Daily. That's athleticgreens.com slash Purple Daily. Uh, also, a shout-out to our friends over at Livia helping – uh, weight loss. If you want to lose weight like Judd has over the last year and a half or so, then Livy is the place to go. Speaking of, of uh, positive lifestyle changes, look at the guy on the left and look at the guy on the right. And yes, those are both sports dad, but there's but you're saying there's something different, sports dad. What happened? And I'm going to tell you right now, Livia Weight Control Centers happened to me more than a year ago, dropped 40 pounds. And now here's the best part and here's the most important part, okay? As, as a lot of folks in the PD family have learned too, the lifestyle change and the weight loss is great. It's simple as can be, but more importantly, it's keeping the weight off. So maintaining weight loss, because we've all lost weight, right? But we struggle with maintaining that. You are going to get the help from their dietitians, uh, from their food, and then just from your lifestyle being changed in a healthy way to drop weight. And here's Here's the offer right now, 50% off the program, 50% off the program when you contact them. If you mention Judd from Score North, that's right, a.k.a. Sports Dad, Judd from Score North, 50% off the program, 855-GO-L-I-V-E-A-Livia.com, L-I-V-E-A.com. If you want to be looking good and feeling good for spring, Livia.com is where it starts. All right, give us the two names. Are these just names that you're making up out of thin air here, Judd? Or are you tapping into your former lead Viking beat writer cred at the Star Tribune? These are names actually that surfaced yesterday. They are not they are they are on a secondary list of teams, I guess. So this is not a Vikings thing so much as it is potential like the next tier, because we are literally talking about the next tier here of candidates. So again, it is it is the for 2023 in case of emergency break glass list. Mm, so okay. this is not a list of guys that I I know them to be pursuing at the moment, but these are guys who surfaced as sort of the after the uh, Ivero uh, got got uh, released from his contract. Desai would be a hot candidate to go from uh, a good defensive coach to a coordinator. The first name on this list is actually a St. Cloud, Minnesota native, 51-year-old, year old, 
Corey Unlin, who is a secondary coach for the 49ers. So he was a D'Amico Ryans guy, worked on that staff, and he is a name that has emerged at least as a potential candidate of, if you don't get your guy, he could be a good fit. The other one, and this one might have the most credibility uh, right now as far as a candidate, and he's coaching in the Super Bowl. That would be Philadelphia Eagles defensive backs coach Denard Wilson, who is 40. Uh, both Underlin and Wilson hold the titles as well. And this is sort of important because it speaks to the scope of their uh, potential knowledge if they were to step into a coordinator role. They hold the titles of pass game specialist okay. from the defensive end. So they are in the room very much not just coaching defensive backs, but they are helping establish what you're going to do against the pass. And as we all know, that's incredibly important now. So that's those are at least two names that I wouldn't say are necessarily on the radar yet. But if the Vikings say, and there's a chance that they're go, going to, you know what, Mike Pettin's in a really good role. Mike Pettin being hired as the DC for us is not really going to change things as much as we hoped. These are sort of the next two guys up who could get on their list and at least get in front of them uh, once, in Wilson's case, the Super Bowl is done. Okay, Corey Unland has been a defensive coordinator before, but uh, it's not something I think he would necessarily hold up over his head uh, as a shining example. So he was the <laughs> he was the Lions defensive coordinator in 2020 when they surrendered 519 points to the opposition. Yeah. Again, the Lions have had personnel issues. Uh, he's bounced all over the place, as position coaches do. His first stint in the NFL was actually under Bill Belichick in 2004. And then uh, he was with the Cleveland Browns for a couple years, actually for like four years, Jaguars for a few years, largely a defensive backs coach and or a defensive assistant of some kind. So he, But he does have coordinator experience. Yeah. That defense got drubbed, though, for 500. You thought this Vikings defense was bad. At least he knows what it's like working with a bad defense. So, um, And then, yeah, I mean, I other than just like his resume, Denard Wilson, I don't really, we don't really know anything about him. He's defensive backs coach for the, for the Rams 2015-16, for the Jets the next two years, and then he became a pass game coordinator with the Jets the two years after that, and then Eagles under the same sort of title. So, um, you know, I guess it makes sense that your secondary list would include just plucking assistance yep. from good defenses that exist in the NFL from the Eagles and the and the 49ers but we'll see if they have to tap into a secondary list here does it serve potentially as a wake up call about where this team stands to like you won th- 13 games you won a division for the first time since what 2017 so there's a lot of good things here yeah but does this serve as a potential kicking the shins to the wolves on down about, hey, hold on a second here. Like this is competitive rebuilds a dangerous term because it like creates this false sense of security and competitive. But does this sort of like sound an alarm of it's not where you necessarily think it, it is right now. And a lot of what appear to be potentially smart people are trying to tell you that. Yeah, I think and, and I, I'm glad you brought this up because I think we should explain this to the Purple Daily listeners and viewers, too, because we have gotten feedback that, guys, they just won 13 games. 
for like what the they've only done that a handful of times in team history. What's with this sort of negative overtone in the month following a 13 win? Yeah, they got beat by the Giants, and we know the defense is bad, but guys, they won 13 games. I think we're putting ourselves in the shoes of, okay, if you're in the front office and you're looking ahead of, okay, how do you keep this train moving? It's really hard. It's hard not to look at this as a pop-up season that just kind of ended prematurely based on the fact that they have one of the, the five worst cap situations. Half their starting defensive players are over the age of 30. They've got a 35-year-old quarterback that had the third highest cap hit in the NFL with a contract situation coming up. Like, there's all these roadblocks. And they're going to face a first-place schedule coming off a year in which they won, like, 11 one-score games. They're staring regression in the face if you're looking at this realistically. This is not a linear jump from 13 wins to, boom, now you make the next step. Like, there are five or six huge things that you have to guard against regression going into 2023. And I guarantee you, starting right now, if, you know, half the playoff teams that made it the year before missed the playoffs the next year. Whether it's going to be people picking against the Vikings to make the playoffs or whether we, you know, once we start to get like the Vegas over-under lines closer to the draft for the 2023 season, the Vikings ain't going to be 11 and a half over-under. They're not going to be 12 and a half. Like, they're going to be eight, eight and a half. How do they guard against all of this regression? That's, that's really the theme here going forward. We're trying to put ourselves in the shoes of Quasi and the rest of the front office because they're probably having all of these same conversations, some of them very difficult conversations. But if you're the owners and you're the front office, you have to look at this realistically and say, yeah, well, if we, if we just, ah, oh, Thielen was banged up, we'll just bring him back, right? Or, you know, well, Zadarius, he had the knee thing in the second half of the season. If you aren't evolving and getting younger and faster and spotting your own problems before they become problems in the NFL, that's how you hit a cliff and wind up with like a four-win season if you're not careful. So they need to guard against this stuff, and that's kind of what we're cautioning against, I guess, if you will. Yeah, and what scares me a little bit about this from the top is this part, um, because they were sort of proven right here, but I think it's a dangerous thing to to continue to go back to. So they had back-to-back non-playoff, disappointing not terrible but disappointing years okay and, and then as we talked about last year when the transition to O'Connell took place it really felt like the Wilfs thought you know what Zimmer was the whole problem like we fixed that and and they won 13 games so I think that emboldened them to say look we were right and they were I fear but right that doesn't but, prevent the roster from well, aging over a cliff but here's what I fear. I fear that this might now be extrapolated to, all right, you guys whiffed on Donatel, but he's gone now. So if we just get the right guy to coordinate this, it's going to completely change because we showed that before. And that's where, like, you can only go back to that, well, X amount of times. And Donatel certainly was not a good choice. But that being said, you know, when you have the amount of people here who are either saying thanks, but no thanks. Like, I mean, Sean Desai literally said, I want to focus on a job I don't have or probably go back to the Seahawks. Like that is a pretty damning thing. Um, When that takes place, I think you have to take a long, hard look at, okay, let's do an internal audit of what else is wrong here. So like, yes, Ed wasn't great. And we probably whiff there, but you know, but if Quasi and O'Connell are trying to, cover their own asses by saying, okay, we're going to get the right guy now and it's going to change completely. I don't know. That's a promise that you can keep. Yeah. 
Yep. No, it's I, yeah. It's I don't know. I, w- I wish I wish we could just sort of uh, you know bug the room where Mark Wilf and Quasi sit down because it it felt like for and we were even told by people who would know in the handful of years sort of leading up to the Zimmer Spielman reckoning that the Wilfs were they weren't bad owners but they were just they were pretty hands off. You know, they had all kinds of other business ventures in New Jersey. Didn't they buy an MLS team? Yes, at one point too, Orlando. Orlando. So they've had, you know, they they trusted Rick Spielman for over a decade to run the show, and they were caught off guard when they found out that Spielman and Zimmer were just on non-speaking terms for like the entire 2021 season. So, you know, what happens when? Oh my God, this thing that we we entrusted Rick and Mike for eight years together to run this thing, and they hate each other. They're not even speaking terms. How do? How could we not know this stuff? We need to be in the building more. And, and so you overreact and you, and listen, it worked for one year. They won 13 games, but at what point do you have to just sort of step off the ride for a minute? I'm not talking about a rebuild here, but part of the reason why you're whiffing on defensive coordinators that you like is because you decided to run it back with a lot of the same old guys instead of getting draft capital for them when they were more valuable a year ago right. and starting the process. Like, that's and you know could they still squeeze some draft capital out of some of these guys? Could they trade Zadarius Smith for a fourth round pick? Maybe, but they need to get more capital for the future. They need more draft assets. They need younger players, and um, until they do that, jobs like this aren't going to be. And again, Flores could take this job in three days and render this whole episode idiotic and useless. But <laughs> I think we're sniffing around the the trail here. I guess that's my sense. There. So you're not talking about a rebuild of the whole team for sure, but you are on defense. And, and like, is, if, yeah. if, and if that's your expertise, like if you're being hired to coordinate the defense, that's what you care about. Right. Yeah. And you're literally being told, yeah, we're going to, or you at least have sat down and watched film and you are thinking, we got to basically strip this thing down to the studs. Like yeah. we've got a couple of pieces, but that's it. Well, one way to fix the defense I want a mock. is through the draft. And they only have four picks. If you have draft picks. But uh, let's go through the latest from ESPN.com. So they now have like five different draft experts here. They've got the godfather of mock. They've got the toddfather of mock. And they also have Matt Miller, who they hired a couple of years ago. And so Matt Miller is doing a first and second round mock. You know, the Vikings don't have a second round pick. So we'll just go through the first round here. And he is projecting trades. So he has a trade for the number one pick. I love this. You got it. You got got to do this now. I agree. You got to do trades. Yep. So the first pick goes to the Colts here. Does he have a... So the Colts send the Bears the number four and the number 35, a fourth rounder, and a 2024 third rounder to jump to the top. That feels a little light. It does. I was going to say first rounder next year, maybe. And more. Yeah. Or, at least a, or at least a second. So I'm getting, if I'm the Bears, you're telling me the best offer for the number one pick is going to be moving down. So, you know, they'd only be moving down a few spots, but I get a second, a fourth, and then a third next year. I'm going to need an additional second or first, I think, if I'm the... I feel like somebody else... I feel like I, I could call an, another quarterback desperate top five team and get a first yeah, for next year or something. But they take Bryce Young. The Colts take Bryce Young to save their franchise. And then the Texans take Will Levis to save their franchise. So two quarterbacks off the board. Hmm. 
Cardinals take Will Anderson Jr., maybe after hiring defensive-minded Brian Flores. Jalen Carter to the Chicago Bears at four. We have a little run on defensive linemen here. Seahawks take Tyree Wilson from Texas Tech. Uh, Devin Witherspoon. Wow, we got a little, little slide here for C.J. Stroud, who goes nine to the Panthers. So Frank Reich with a young quarterback, C.J. Stroud. He keeps sliding. It feels like the majority of the mocks that you've done the past week plus, he he, he slides more often than not now to that area. Yeah. I, it, almost every year, someone kind of slides, right? Someone that was projected number one. Or, or someone go goes up and, get, process. and gets them. Yeah, right. I was talking. One of my uh, one of my my friends is a huge. He went to Florida, and I was asking him, "All right, you watch enough Florida games? If Anthony Richardson falls toward the Vikings, he goes, no, don't do it.' <laughs> I'm like, wow, wait, what? Oof. He goes, he can't throw. He's not he's not accurate. I would still sit him behind old Kirky boy for a year. Well, learn the NFL. But now you you hit on what one of the most interesting discussions on prospect QBs, and that's this. Can you fix accuracy? That's a Josh long... A- Josh Allen? No, I know, but I'm saying, like, that's a debate. Yeah. Then again, I one thing that drives me nuts, and people do this with the 2021 Rams. Well, the Rams... Look at... The Rams took a B-level quarterback and then had a high cap hit that they were paying Jared Goff to go away, and they won the oh. Super Bowl. Therefore, everyone can win the Super Bowl doing it that way, right? Just because Josh Allen's accuracy was fixed doesn't mean that now. Oh, now everyone, see? You could just fix everyone's accuracy. So, okay, uh, Jordan Addison, the first receiver off the board to the Texans at 12. So Texans go quarterback receiver. Let's skip around here. Uh, Packers take Alabama defensive back Brian Branch. Commanders take Anthony Richardson, Florida quarterback at 16. Uh, second receiver off the board, uh, Jackson Smith and the Jigba from Ohio State to the Seahawks. Quentin Johnston goes 22nd to the Ravens, one pick before the Vikings, so three receivers off the board. And that brings us to the 23rd pick. Ooh. Made it every time. Oh, look at that. Producer of the year mm-hmm. with that chime timing right there. Good stuff. This awesome. guy. We're the Minnesota Vikings in an effort to fix their defense. Select out of the University of Arkansas, inside linebacker Drew Sanders. I want a mock. Mock. Drew Sanders. Judd, are you frozen or are you just speechless? What? (laughs) I can't tell if our internet's out or if Judd has just been. The internet's fine. (laughs) I am appalled. I am, I am, what? They need linebackers. Yeah, the first round. It, okay, if it's Lawrence Taylor, go for it. He's a little old now. Okay, I don't know. Are you, oh, okay. All right, let me do the read up here. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, that's why. And we are stockpiling all of the mocks that we do on the show here to see, you know, who the likely candidates are. This is the first time we have seen this name, Drew Sanders, going to the Vikings. Another year with an early playoff exit, despite regular season dominance, should have the Vikings back to the drawing board in terms of the roster build and what's needed to get over the hump. One area that multiple NFL scouts have pointed to is the play and age at linebacker. Hicks and Kendricks will play next season at 31. Only two teams allow more yards per play in 2022. Sanders transferred from Alabama, immediately became a defensive leader at Arkansas when I visited the school last fall. The defensive staff raved about his instincts and toughness. 
He became a three-down player with nine and a half sacks, an interception, two forced fumbles, 111 tackles in his first year as a starter. Six foot five, 230 pounds, still developing as a linebacker, has the potential to be a force in the NFL. I want a mock. Mock! All right. They need a linebacker. I don't know that I love, unless he's just a dominant pro bowler right out of the gate. Um, It feels a little high to be taking an inside linebacker, but they need one. Well, they do, but I mean, come on. I, I've, we all know that the the positional strength chart does not start there. Like you would have to be, he he would have to be a candidate to be a Pro Bowl player in two thousand twenty three. Yeah, like that's and, and I'm not. Th- this is not hyperbole here. Um, you need cornerbacks. I would take a three technique before I if, like if there is a potentially dominant three tech. I'm taking that before. Um, so look, I just. As far as what they need on defense, which is a ton of help, uh, this one, uh, unless he is, unless he's going to step in and be a all-pro, pro bowl player immediately, um, I'm not going there. Well, but I guess I would say I agree with you on the, the position value here. It just seems a little high. But you would then have a 22-year-old Brian Asamoah who's going to be 23 in March, and you would have, I don't know how old, uh, he is, but I'm going to, let's say 21 or 22 year old kid. So you'd have two dudes on rookie scale contracts, not eating up the money that Kendricks you'd at least you'd re, you'd drastically reduce the amount of money you're paying. And you'd have two athletic young guys roaming the middle of the field. So that fixes a huge problem, two huge problems, paying too much money to a non-elite position or sure. a non-premium position and sure. you know strength, athleticism, well, speed, and if he could be plugged in as, as like a final piece of if we get that guy, it's on, right? But to, to go back to our earlier discussion, you're rebuilding your defense, and so now you're going to plug him in. But now at cornerback, you like it's just to me, it's the wrong time to plug a guy like that that in unless you are certain he is going to be in 20 years standing on the steps at Canton. Thank you. But you never draft any player. I understand that, but what I'm saying is. I would rather take a chance on a three technique or a cornerback uh, than I would on a linebacker. I just, I yeah. feel the timing is not right for a pick like that. I appreciate Matt's effort. I appreciate what he's doing. I appreciate his trades. I might not even agree with him, but I think he's right to make trades. But I'm I think not, he's a clown. That's I'm what I really want to say. Where's the McShay mock? He should be fired. Where's the McShay mock? Has he not done one? I, feel like I don't hasn't. think he's done one. Dex looks What's all- he waiting for? Does he need to see the Every single bowl first, probably? But I mean, eyes. I thought, I thought McShay was always second to mock. Okay, he I, did. He did a first round mock in December, but he has not done one since. I, my guess is he February. said, "Listen, guys, I need to see the Senior Bowl. I need to get my hands yeah. on." Doesn't want to be Matt Miller drafted <laughs> linebacker. You go. You want to get his ducks in a row here? Well, okay, call yeah. somebody that knows the Vikings needs. Yeah, he's gonna let Matt Miller come out and put yeah, linebacker yeah, in the first round, like inside an idiot. linebacker. Okay, okay, okay guy. Yeah, I'm taking all right, the guy. Boy next. You know what a good decision would be for you to put a group gathering together and bring all your friends and family members to Park Tavern, the official sports bar of the sports dad, Judd Zolgat. 
You know what I hear? I hear that uh, Sports Dad is going to be at Park Tavern on Sunday for the big game. Oh. Can't say the name of the game, of course, because this is an advertisement. And if I say it, I'll be sued six ways to Sunday. But you know what? <laughs> if you want to do some bowling, if you want to go have some fun, that's right. Join uh, Sports Dad on Sunday for the big game right there. Park Tavern in my neck of the woods, St. Louis Park. And Phil is exactly right. It is the place to have a gathering. And I'm not talking about, hey, guys, let's go to happy hour. Uh Uh-uh. I'm talking about a party. I'm talking about your wife's birthday, your kid's birthday, anniversary, whatever you could think of, 40, 50 people. Guess what? You plan it. Now, here's the secret. Don't tell anybody else. But the secret is this. You plan it by making one phone call or going online, and my friend Cheryl at Park Tavern does the rest, and you take a bow, 952-929-6810, parktavern.net. Parktavern.net is the place to go. Again, you take the bow, you take the credit, they do all the work, and you look like the good guy. That's a winning formula for Park Tavern, St. Louis Park. A winning formula for your dog is Nutrisource. That's the official dog food of Purple Daily and Mackie and Judd. You know, we've pretty much moved everything out of the uh, the house here, <laughs> except for my cardboard box podcast setup and uh, Maya's Nutrisource bags. Tootsie Roll poops again this morning, just like nice clockwork. Up. She and she knows she let us sleep in a little bit too. She's That's been nice. she's been pushing the envelope a little, like five minutes early every day, and then five minutes early the next day. But uh, Nutrisource keeps her healthy around the clock, Judd. And it, it does the, the exact same for Stells. Now, now Maya is young. Stella is twelve, right? So she's an aging lady. She's like, I get, I'm getting old, but she you know looks what? Great uh-uh. for her age, though. Exactly she right. Over ten. Exactly right. And Nutrisource keeps her young. So, so she loves the food. And as you you can see right there, sitting by the training rewards treats. But we love the food too because it keeps her healthy. It keeps her happy. Nutrisource is the key to a happy dog, and a happy dog means a happy family. Yeah. You think happy wife, happy life? I'll have the dog in there, too. Happy dog's damn important. I'm not going to (laughs) lie. Everyone's got to be happy. Uh, All right. We would be happy if the Vikings could fix their defense. So if you guys could just kind of get on that, that'd be be great. Let us know what you think of the, the whole Brian Flores, Mike Pettin slash whatever else could be next in the YouTube comment section. If you could, too, give us a five-star rating and a positive review on Apple Podcasts as it helps spread the word about uh, what you have helped make one of the most popular Vikings slash NFL podcasts in the entire country. The most popular Vikings podcast and one of the most popular NFL podcasts in the country. Thank you. We'll see you guys tomorrow for some reckless draft speculation with Thor on Purple Daily.